Hey, everybody. My guest today, Aggie Nust, is going to be one of many previous guests I've had on this show. Evan and Steven Strong, they were on the show last week. Leah Capitelli, Omar Fazy, Neil Gore, people who have blown my mind, Michael Feely, George Mitrovic, Rodney McGilvery, people who've been on this show, Rob Yox. These are names of intellectual minds that have definitely stimulated my brain, have made me think about things differently. All of those names, they're going to be at one event this weekend, Forgery Unmasked, presented by Watchers Talk. It is a three-day virtual summit with some of the greatest thinkers and experiencers in the fringe, I like to say, shamelessly fringe space. Michael Cremo of Forbidden Archaeology, Brad Olson of the Modern Esoteric series. This this convention, if you will, which is $33.33 for 28 speakers, three days, There's going to be meditation, yoga, conscious music, Q&A panels. It is highly interactive. Some people that you would never, Brian Forrester, ancient aliens people from the show are going to be there. Leonard O'Neill, Bruce Cunningham, huge, big names in this scene coming together It is going to blow your head into smithereens. If you like open loops and you really, you want these conversations in rapid succession with people of topics I haven't even gone into, this is going to be totally worth it. Watchers Talk presents Forgery Unmasked, March 27th through the 29th. I'll be emceeing there. I highly recommend checking it out. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. Open loops. You must listen to the open loops, a theme park for absurd beliefs and systems of integration between the mind and the creative spirit. Open It is time for a late night talk show for your unconscious 
mind. Yes, it's Open Loops with Greg Bornstein. Conversations that bend. Welcome, everybody. Welcome, welcome. I'm Greg Bornstein, your cultural hypnotist, curator of experience, and overall consciousness disruptor. Put all those things together, well, you get a looper. Because we are here at Open Loops doing a very important mission which is challenging your existing belief systems with radically unique ideas to stimulate your unconscious mind and allow you to step into the highest version of yourself. Yes, you see, in this show, we bring on people of all different backgrounds. I share ideas with you about the topics that take us away from it all. Hypnosis, magic, spirituality, Conspiracy, psychology, ancient archaeology, the mysteries of the universe, and perhaps the deepest question of them all, who and what we really are. Yes, an open loop is just that. It's an unconscious provocation. It is the cliffhanger. It is the proverbial dot, dot, dot. It's the thing between knowing and unknowing, the space of infinite possibilities. My guests are designed uh, and selected strategically by me to open loops in your brain and just make you wonder, what else is out there? What are the answers? Now, while that is definitely a, uh, it's something that I aspire to create. Some guests don't even force you to do that. My guest today, Augie Nust, is, well, this is part two of an interview. There was demand for part two of this interview. Part one, Augie talked about human potential. He was talking about reversing the aging process, the power of using your brain to do, well, things that seem beyond human. Mental photography is a skill. Uh, Mental acuity into late ages of your life. And we even got into a time travel piece a little bit and using the mind to do that. And in this episode, we go a little more macro. How does the principles of the mind that allow you to experience change in hypnosis and and do things that might seem perhaps paranormal, how does the universe play into this? What is universal consciousness? What is quantum mechanics and its relationship to hacking this universal consciousness that makes up the matrix this reality we're all a part of. Augie goes deep into that, and we even, it's hard not to. It's hard not to. This guy has, I was going to say, we sidebar into UFOs and aliens. How could you not? This guy's website, Broadcast Team Alpha, he has photos of Nazis standing around flying saucers. 
Are they real? You decide. You're going to hear some interesting stuff about the flying saucers that are here now. The alien presence that is here now that you can access even if you're just walking down the street. As well as the bigger picture plans for what is to come. And now that you'll know the principles of universal consciousness, how you yourself will be able to change that very future. Augie is such an interesting guy. So much going on with this man and his enthusiasm for life. Ah, I, I love it. And, you know, he's, he's going to be at the conference with me this weekend, Forgery Unmasked. We've been doing a lot of prep for it. Uh, his co-host, Nori Love, uh, who I haven't had the chance to interview on this show yet. She's a hypnotherapist, Reiki master. I'm going to be doing a talk with her on Monday the 29th at this conference. I am so excited to talk to her. She, she was telling me, uh, I spoke with her yesterday about a hypnotherapy session she did recently that was working on marriage issues. And then all of a sudden, Nori tapped into this metaphor of doors and all of a sudden uh before you knew it this woman was communicating with an alien from another planet and and channeling messages supposedly without any prompting this stuff gets interesting i've done some sessions recently spirit guides come through this exploration of hypnosis i'm going to be doing i'm going to be doing a lot more and the idea that you could even bring in something like that something universal well Augie's going to explain why why that's possible in this episode if you enjoy open loops please make sure to share it follow it on apple podcasts and hey I'd be very grateful if uh, if you enjoy the show, if you could please rate the show and leave a review. It would definitely help out getting these messages to the public. Yes, that's, that's the mission, isn't it? Or at the very least, it's to culturally wake up the public, get them out of their trances. There are a lot of other conspiracy shows that do that, but... I don't just say, like, oh, they're sleeping, open up. I mean, we got to get them out of this trance and move them to other ones. That's my goal at the very least. Talk about that another time. All right, here he is, the returning champion, a returning champion of this show. Part two of my interview. Hacking the Matrix with Agi Nust. So let's get into this. I know this is your this is your bread and butter topic. This is it. You you love quantum mechanics. No, well, I I think a lot of people do, and I also think that the criticism from the skeptics is key in this because people that are and again, you might I know people on uh, this side of things where I love to explore will go. 
yeah, but skeptics are just people that aren't open-minded. But I, I think it's worth examining the subtleties of this. A lot of the scientists, the people that would immediately go, I'm never listening to a broadcast of this Augie guy because he's fringe. They would say, they would say, quantum mechanics is being used by people in spirituality and in the new age to say it has this infinite godlike quality that allows you to think things and they manifest. And if you actually look at what quantum mechanics is, none of the literature actually supports this law of attraction use of it. Why are they wrong? Well, first of all, I want to comment on the skeptics. Sure. Show me, show me one skeptic that is claimed to be a skeptic, hardcore skeptic that is ever creating anything good for mankind. <laughs> that's a good. That's a great uh, proposition. It is the dreamers, the uh, entrepreneurs. It is the ones that step outside of the box and are not thinking rationally. Those are the ones that create tomorrow. And uh, that's where the mind does be the, its best work. When it starts reaching for the edge of the envelope, when you start saying, what is possible? I love that. And love look that. at what the science we have and say, well, <clears throat> astral travel is impossible because look here, you know, there's no evidence. They haven't looked at everything out there. There is evidence. There is people that has explained what is at a distance that they can only know if they were there, but they never left the room 400 miles away. So, yeah, it is, there's evidence. But you see, the skeptics, they don't want to destroy their agenda because they don't know and they haven't bothered to go and look at everything because we are living in a mind created universe really i tell you know you watched the movie the matrix right oh yeah yeah i tell you whoever wrote the script on that thing he or she or they they knew something mm. see um the uh there is a there is a um there is a um, theoretical physicist. His name is James Gates. And uh, he basically spent his biggest part of his life researching the universe and find out how does it click, what does it work like, and so on. He says, on several interviews that I've seen him, <clears throat> he says that when we look uh, he discovered a form of computer code deeply embedded in the equations explaining the fabric of space when it comes to describing fundamental particles like atoms, electrons, protons, and um, neutrons, bosons, Higgs, and omegas, and get all the way down there into particles that phases in and out of physical existence in the explanation of those particles that make up everything, he finds computer codes, ones and zeros. So with other words, if there is computer code explaining the fabric of space, there can only be one explanation. And that is that we are 
because I am in this universe and I am part of a computer generated holographic existence. Why is that so hard to believe? Or think of it, DNA has computer code in it. All organic material has DNA and DNA has those particles in it and we have DNA in the body. So we must be part of this computer program. Who is, who is projecting this? Yeah. Where is it, where's the source? There, that's the next one. That's the next question that automatically will pop right out. Who is sitting at the computer? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, the thing about it is that there is a universal intelligent force. Quantum mechanics also talk about that. <clears throat> and uh, this universal intelligence has everything past, present, and future in it. If you have thought it, you have created electrical impulses in a physical brain along the neurons that is transmitted right out of the pituitary that goes, actually the hair is the antenna for the pituitary. So it, the people that have long hair, that explains why women are more psychic than men usually, because oh. they, usually have, they usually have long hair. I got kind of long hair. But yeah. the, I'm, I have beard, I'm bearded. I don't know if that makes a difference. Hey, it might help. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So wait, so yeah, keep going. This is fascinating. Yeah. So, uh, oh gosh, where was I? <clears throat> um, this universal intelligent force is what many people will call God. And that has created an offshoot that gives you an intelligent spark of life that we would call a soul that has been given a temporary amnesia with uh, creative powers to create on its own within the big universal source of intelligence. So we are creating our own little bubble of existence around us. And that is why one of the theoretical physicists, and I, I forget his name now, he was a German, I think. He said that most of the universe that we can see on Tuesday does not exist on Wednesday because nobody is looking at it. Nobody is observing it. But when we trying to observe something, it is created. And that's where time comes in. Time is that fourth dimension. We, we're told we live in a three-dimensional reality. No, we don't. We live in a fourth dimensional reality. Three dimensions are length, width, and height. Now you have a box. <clears throat> if you put something in that box, nothing happens until you add the fourth dimension to it, which is time. Now the thing in the box can move around because it can have time. Let me just take, because it, it'll feed into what I'm gonna say later. Time 
is this one thing that nobody seems to understand. In fact, there is no scientific evidence that time even exists, except for that it is, a, I would define it as a, a progressive record of individual present moments. So you have a present moment right now. In a split second later, you have another present moment. Then a split second later, you have another present moment. And it continues like that into, when I, into the future. So when you all these present moments are stacked one after another one, you go through them so fast, it looks like a continuous movie. And you are the star actor in it. In fact, time works somewhat similar as a square wave generator, and electricians will know this. <laughs> the sine wave on a square wave generator is exactly like the sine wave on time. It goes straight up, straight across the top, and collapses to nothing. And then it moves across the border. It's a little bit of time, and then it goes straight up, straight across the top and collapses to nothing. In between when it collapses to nothing and the time that it creates itself, there is nothing. The universe does not exist. But when it spikes again, then your whole existence recreates itself. This was also shown in the, uh, in the uh, download and uh, now I also found a Russian scientist that says that he thinks that time is a projection of a present, he calls it pictures, which probably could be right. What? This is crazy. Uh, what? It, what? I, I got to sit here because first of all, I'm thinking about what you told me. And second, I'm thinking about the implications of what you told me, if that's true. Do you uh, what are the possibilities now that we know that we're here and then all of a sudden we disappear and then all of a sudden we're back yeah. Do you? How do you play with that on a daily basis? What can you well, do right now with that? Uh, let me give, give you a little example. And I, uh, I was talking to a guy. Uh, he's a scientist in California and he says, I have a camera. He says that can take several thousand pictures a second. Well, he said, I have access to the camera. And he says, if I take, I could take a picture in between those times when it spikes, I mean, it collapses and it spikes again. What if I take, but I, what if I take a picture in between there? Well, it wouldn't work because if the universe collapses to nothing, there wouldn't be a camera there to take the picture. Yes. So we, these pictures and these spikes and collapses of the time sequence is so fast that there is no way that we can see between them because we can't first, even if we could, it would not show because our mind is not able to conceptualize and see anything that fast. Besides, the mind would not be there to take the picture or see in between the collapse and the spike. So therefore, how does it help us to know that this is even a thing? 
I think it ducktails into the fact that the mind can create our reality by using this measure of time and our mind can create anything around it. So that's what we do on the mastermind connection. We The mastermind that I've created, which I, I would invite people to join us and check it out. We, we go into a meditative state and we visualize the future the way we want it to be. And then we feed it with a spiritual language, that is a quantum language, if you like, of, see, words are worthless, basically, outside of the physical, because there's no air there to carry it. But it's the emotion and the images that goes with it that leaves the physical into a higher vibration existence. So if we want something in the future, okay, this I'm going to take 30 seconds to explain how you create your future before you can live it. And take what, figure out what you want, something that you really want. Visualize it and then place it in the future at a time-coded event, not a calendar event that don't mean a thing to the universe. A time-coded event like maybe a Christmas party, New Year's party, birthday party, something like that. And then, you know, a little bit into the future, a little more than 20 minutes, so that, you know, you're going to give the universe time to create for you. And then look at that picture that you created in your mind, in vivid colors, put emotion into it, have gratitude for already having it, even though you may not have it physically yet, Believe that it is yours and then love it. Love is a very strong emotion. And do this every day. Do it every day, maybe several times if you like. And then do everything that you can to help this happen. So now you are going to visit this thing in the future and you lay down attractor strings to it. That attractor string is a little, very tiny string of bright white light going to that thing in the future. And the more you do go back and forth to that thing in the future, these attractor strings get stronger and stronger and you get drawn up that timeline to that thing in the future. Don't look at anything on the side. Don't get distracted. Keep your eye on the goal. And do this every day. And by the time you get to that New Year's party, you can just walk into it and it is yours. Does this Been always work? Does it always work? <clears throat> it works if you do it that way. If you get distracted and in the, in the middle of it, start, well, you know, I want this too. I, I want that also. And if you get the mind, get all confused about what it wants, it gets diluted. You know, this is where I, I had a guest on this show who said that she thought the problem with the law of attraction and manifestation and all that stuff is that sometimes what people say they want is really what the ego has told you it wants 
and not true towards what your soul is really asking for, i.e., Oh, you know, because all the books, The Seeker, when The Seeker came out, it was always about I'm manifesting my ideal parking space. I'm getting a I'm getting a car. Uh, I'm going to have the the wealth, the lifestyle that I want. And I think people go really far, Agi, into Western beliefs of what wealth and luxury and all this stuff is. If you're doing that all the time and it's, it's sort of a it's a projection of what other people have told you is key. And you're doing this process. What does it mean when you get there? Is it, does it backfire? Should you get more in tune with your soul's mission before you do this? What are your thoughts on that? Well, I, uh, I think that that person is on to something. I think it is probably in many cases could work that way, but we also got to remember that anything that, can be created in the future can only be done through intention driven thought and that thought may not necessarily be what is actually good for you hmm. you can create things in the future that in the long run will be to your detriment because you really got to look within to find out do i really want this thing and that's what you should do. If you create something that is totally based on ego, that could work too, but it may not be any good for you in the long run. Yeah. Yeah. So it, so it doesn't, so ultimately you putting your mind towards whatever you want, because it's a, a you're, well, you're deciding this is what I'm going to do <laughs> is still going in your mind. It'll still lead to the manifestation in physical reality mm -hmm. yeah and here's a little analogy that i want to run by you and that explains actually what we're talking about for the last 300 years or so at least since newton we've been told that matter and energy cannot be created from nothing but then there's a problem Theoretical physicists now, including Stephen Hawking, uh, rest his soul, he left us a couple of years ago, but he said that on the blackboard, using the equations of quantum mechanics, I can prove that this universe was created from nothing. So if this universe was created from nothing, everything in this universe was created from nothing, and you are in this universe created from nothing, what are you? Uh, please tell me. I paused on purpose there because I really want you to think. Are you? <laughs> what am I? I know. <laughs> are you nothing? Uh, yeah, I. Hmm. The nothing being physical, but we have another problem, and that we see stuff. Yes. When you're pe peeling potatoes the other day, you cut your finger. Oh, boy, that hurts. That felt real, didn't it? Yes. Now, let me tell you what's real. This second analogy will explain to you what really the mind can do. <clears throat> I'm a hypnotist. If I put you in a ch soft chair and talk to you for 10 minutes, and I tell you that when you wake up, you will see an elephant standing next to you in the room. If I did my job right, 
and I snap my finger and bring you back out, you look over, you will see that elephant. And you reach out and touch the snout on that elephant, you can feel the rough skin. You hear him breathing. You can smell him. But there's another problem. I can't see the elephant because there is no elephant there, but he is 100% real to you. You can touch him and feel him. What happened to your real world? Did that go away? Yeah, it did. Huh. So what, what was created? What created that elephant? What created the sensation in your fingers of the rough skin on the snout? Your mind did. So what's the difference between that elephant and the real world that you think is real right now? There is absolutely no difference. This one is hard to wrap your head around. <laughs> it definitely is. It definitely is. I've thought about it before in various different ways. Uh, but, you know, when you point it out so plainly, it's, well, it makes you wonder about uh, why, why are we even, why are there different manifestations of human beings that were created at all? Why there are manifestations? Yeah, why are there multiple? Why are there so many humans? Why are they, you know, and especially if there's an agenda now to get rid of so many people, uh, why were there so many people that were created in the first place? Why not just two people? Then they created another two people, and then they just created another two people. I mean, what what is what's the intention behind all these people running around and making this life work? Well, what's the big idea? Well, I think there is, you remember this spark of life, which some people call soul or spirit. It's not the same thing, but uh, the spark of life comes here for, and that's the meaning of life. Everybody asks, what's the meaning of life? Well, it is to come here and learn, grow, and have fun and have experiences. So you can take the knowledge of those experiences back out of the physical and join back with the commonality of the universal consciousness. So even the universal consciousness can grow to a bigger capacity. In other words, God learns also. So God's just here to learn and we're doing, we're doing God's job by taking human form and having conversations like this, living a life, becoming a pilot. That's the goal. What happens when yeah, God learns at all? God learns through us. He learns what we experience. And uh, that adds to the total knowledge of the universe. Do you have any insight on why the universe needs to learn so much? I think it is. The universe is curious. What it asks questions all the time, what can be? There's a curious universe that wants to expand. Not by control, 
but by knowledge of what can be. I'm not so sure that it, you know, there are spaces full of life and there are races out there that think just like the Klingons do and, you know, <laughs> things yeah. like that. And, you know, they want to conquer everything and uh, <clears throat> mankind is one of those. They They want to conquer everything because they want to control. There will be a day when that is not necessary. There will be a cooperation. Um, a decade or two from now, governments or government will be an obsolete way of management. It will not be used anymore. And that's a are, good thing. Are we moving towards telepathy? Uh, yeah, we're, we're getting there. I'm not so sure that's going to be, you know, next week at th on Thursday, but it's going to be somewhere in our few years down the road. Imagine that we will have that. It can be done with electronics right now, but uh, it's got to be done by the mind to be the real thing. I was going to say, what if is there a group of dedicated people and your mastermind that would just keep projecting telepathy in their minds for next time next year? Would do, What would happen if people gave that mental focus and this mind made reality? Well, there is a way that people can actually uh... – do something about that. If uh, if they go to this uh, uh, one of our websites, broadcast team alpha, and go under their classes, click on classes, and there is classes that I have taught on there on self hypnosis, on meditation, on intuition, how to develop psychic abilities, also on on brain yoga and how to unite the. Um, the two hemispheres and astral projection and also a class on how billionaires um, you know super successful people think and uh, universal success principles so yeah have a, have a look at that uh, so you can you can learn that you can start do you do you have a telepathic relationship with anybody do you communicate with your mind to someone and they pick I, up on it i i do but it's not constant there are times when I I can hear the voice of that other person, and uh, I know it was there. And then when we talk, you know, then the, the, there's some resistance on the other side. I think to actually accepting this, but uh, it's not constant. It, there are times when uh, it's easier, and then there are times when nothing works. In uh, 1997, me and another. Uh, Master Psychic, we had a radio show out of Sanford, Florida, uh, where we were, you know, doing psychic readings on the radio. And we got really good at it uh, towards the 13th week when uh, it was just a 13-week contract because we couldn't make any money with it, so we quit. But um, 13th week in, uh, we were doing uh, really well. We, uh, When people called in, we called their name sometimes before they had even hardly said anything. So these things can be learned. 
Yeah, it goes back to the human potential stuff. It goes back to Zox Pro, uh, yep. self-hypnosis, all that stuff that you do. I have to ask, aliens, where do where does the UFO and alien thing fit into this universal consciousness construction that you've uh, started to dip our toes into so far? Well space is full of life on in this reality and there are a myriad of other realities where space is also full of life so some of them uh, i have uh, on my computer i have some uh, released fbi documents that speaks to the fact that most of the ufos we've seen are interdimensionals they come from other dimensions into this one to visit, to do things, observe, and then they go back home. Is this the stuff that that man in Israel was talking about, that theoretical physicist that said Donald Trump has met with the greys, and or, or are these different? I don't know about that. Oh, there was, I'll have to share that news story. It was definitely, uh, it got pretty popular. There's a guy who used to work at the space, high level space defense program or something in Israel and publicly said, oh yeah, they've been talking to him for years. I mean, there's talk of Eisenhower, President Eisenhower. Uh, they, they, a bunch of uh, UFO landed and he had agreements, uh, talked to a bunch of them. Uh, I mean, how... You go, I, I know that you, you posted a photo I saw online of Nazis uh, with, with a UFO, uh, with, oh, not yeah. with a UFO, with a, with a craft. Uh, are there crafts here right now that under oh, study? Yeah. The, the Nazis are still around. They just, they didn't lose the war. They just moved. <laughs> 3,000 or so, they were told 1,500, but 3,000 of the uh, high-ranking German officers, scientists, they came to the United States and created the CIA, and they embedded the government. So it's been pretty much run by the Nazis ever since. But and also they moved to South America and Neue Schwabenland in uh, Antarctica, and that's where they are now. And they are building, they built the flying disks before the end of the war. And uh, they were not used in the war effort before about uh, three, four months before the end of the war. But when they did, uh, in fact, one night, there was 800 bombers the Allied forces sent in over Germany to uh, you know, drop bombs. And they lost a third of it in one night. And that's when the... Uh, the the military leaders they said gee you know we can still lose this war so we better do a ground invasion because they knew that they had a weapon they could not deal with because these flying discs they came up behind the airplanes and they had a weapon they called the pristron tube it was a directional em pulse and when they aimed that at the airplane in front of them and uh, fired it it burned up the electronics in the airplane and the engines quit and they had to land in Germany. They lost a third of their fleet that night. Where is this? Is this, is this documented? It is in, uh, I interviewed actually um, uh, Colonel Wendell Stevens on my TV show in Tucson that I did for six years. 
he uh, probably had the most information on the German flying saucers that anybody has ever compiled. And he talked about it. And also there are some German documents that has surfaced that uh, has not, uh, I, I think on another computer somewhere, I got some of this where they talked about the, the losses of uh, they thought was done by the Haunabu flying discs. So uh, it is out there and uh, Wendell Stevens talked about it on one of my TV shows. That is, first of all, flying saucers is already something crazy. But when you describe that weapon, uh, that seems like something we should look into. I mean, everybody's freaking out about North Korea. But if there's a weapon that can do that, uh, what should we do, Huggy? Oh, there is, uh, the United States is, uh, you know, the Space Force was introduced here not long ago, but they've had the Space Force for well over 30 years. So uh, now it's just a way that now they can explain why we have particle beam weapons in space and stuff like that. Oh yeah, it's the Space Force. You know, so it's just a way to explain it. But there is the weaponry out there that will protect the United States fairly well. So I don't, uh, I don't really worry about that so much anymore. And uh, these uh, EM pulse weapons, they are probably more destructive than uh, <coughs> conventional weapons because it destroys the electric circuit. So everything goes black. And then you, yeah, you can imagine if, if the electrics were all burned out, then, you know, what would be left of society? EM pulse weapons. Have you ever, have you ever seen any of this? I mean, you, you have a time device. Uh, Did you, do you ever see any of, have you ever encountered a flying saucer in person? Uh, Yeah, I have. I've seen many of them. Did you was it on the ground or did you just look up and see it? Did you ever? No, I uh, <clears throat> when you, you know I I stopped logging at ten thousand hours of flight time, and uh, when you fly that much, that often, and you see stuff that really shouldn't be there. And uh, one time in northern Nebraska, I had a an UFO fly right underneath my airplane, probably about four hundred feet underneath the airplane. And uh, at an angle of about 30 degrees from the right over to the left in the back. And uh, it was just, there was, uh, it looked kind of strange. It was kind of flat and longer and kind of almost like a skateboard, but it had windows on the side. And uh, it just went right underneath the airplane. And then I've seen others. uh, It was kind of like a black cigar-shaped ship that flew right in front of them, probably two or three miles in front of the airplane on the, on a medical flight. I was uh, going over uh, Kansas somewhere and it flew right in front of the airplane um, very fast, and, but it was clear to me, but it was hard to even follow it with my eyes because it was going so fast. So uh, those things are there. Are they theirs, or are they are they ones that we've built? The uh, the ones that has a light at the back end of it on the cigars, 
they probably are i don't know this but the germans developed a ship called the andromeda and uh, i don't think they finished that before the war was over but they have it finished now so they are it's kind of like a mothership it has several discs inside of it and uh, they uh, mostly keep that in space they don't travel into the atmosphere much with it but uh, it could be one of those because they use the uh, the propulsion in the back but uh, many of the others they are lit up they are driven by consciousness they have light around it on the, on my website um, broadcastteamalpha.com in there i have a lot of these uh, artifacts and buildings and ships that is crashed and so on on the moon one of them has a two mile long cigar shaped craft flying across the surface of the moon, throwing a shadow on the ground. And it is so clear, it cannot even, you cannot even discuss what it is, it's a cigar. And uh, this was taken in 1968 when they flew around the moon and mapped it before they supposedly went there. Yes, you know, and Edgar Mitchell uh, thought, or definitely was a big proponent of this, uh, that that there are aliens we've made contact that uh, there are ships out there and things are going on uh, yeah. who who else in the government can we go to to say hey yeah if they're saying it's real it's real well uh, back in the 19 uh, mid 1990s I think it was there was a guy that works at the uh, <laughs> the NASA Center in uh, Houston. His name was Bloomrich. He studied the uh, the pictures and the activities on the moon and both the, the Russian pictures and the U.S. Uh, information that NASA had, both classified and unclassified. And he came out with a statement saying that Earth has, in the past and now, uh, I have to paraphrase this because I don't, uh, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but Earth has been visited by alien species on many occasions over a long time. Because you looked at the, there are several crashed disks and cigar-shaped ships that is clear as a bell in the NASA prints of the moon. And of course, you don't get those unless you write to NASA and ask for it. And uh, in my in my picture there, uh, when you go into the picture gallery, then you'll find that and they'll show you. You can write to the people in NASA and ask for the print like I did. And I got the print. So I know it's real. You have this gallery of things unlike any other I've ever heard of. We've talked about the time travel. We've talked about photos of the Germans with a flying saucer. Uh, we've discussed moonshots. I've talked to uh, several guests, actually. Uh, Andy Bishago, the time traveler, he also was in Project Mars uh, with young Barack Obama apparently, uh, in yeah. the early 80s. Do you know about that at all? Was Barack Obama on Mars? I've heard about it, and uh, it, 
Yeah, it, it could very well be because uh, <coughs> the technologies out there, you know, that are so far ahead of us, 50, maybe more years, we are not told about that. So it could very well be. What else is in this gallery? What else is in this photo gallery of oh, yours? Uh, there's over 5,000 pictures of unbelievable things that should not exist, but does. So just go have a look. <laughs> Can you think of something that, you know, we haven't even touched on yet in this episode that is uh, remarkable? Well, the, in, the, in Antarctica, there's a picture of the entrance into the, the cavern where the Germans live, taken from uh, Google Earth. It's still there. They're all yeah. there. Or I have uh, pictures of uh, people walking on the surface of Mars without a spacesuit. Wow. Pictures of a uh, little gray. In fact, uh, if you go to Broadcast Team Alpha and um, .com and scroll down, there are two documentaries that Nori and I did. And one of them called The Mars Pictures. The other one, the moon pictures. You get to see what really is on the moon and what really is on the Mars. This? That is... has a picture of a little guy standing, leaning up against a rock. And it's clear as a bell that that's a person standing there. Did you ever talk to a gray? You ever talk to these guys? These aliens? Never dealt, never dealt with the grays that I... What about any aliens? Have you ever encountered uh, an actual alien? Well, yeah, I suppose. Uh, th that's another story that takes a little while to explain because um, I came to the United States and uh, I've been here for, uh, I was in the US for about a year and I went back for Christmas to visit back in Norway and I went back and I walked into the forestry which uh, on the farm that I had back there. And there is a grave mound in the forestry. And I crawled up on the grave mound and I sat there, sat down for just a little moment to take a little meditation. And uh, there's a big, <clears throat> there's a rock up there. I was sitting on it. And I was sitting there for a little bit and I heard this kind of sounded like uh, a water faucet running. And that didn't make sense. So I opened my eyes up and there was this person standing about uh, 10 feet, well, make it about 10, 15 feet away. He was standing right there. And he was about seven foot tall and lit up like a light bulb. And it scared the crap out of me. I just jumped off of that rock and ran down the 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 grave mound and headed off into the, you know, headed back. And I heard this voice in my head said, where are you going? And I thought about that. Well, you know, if he got up there without me knowing, chances are that running would not help me a lot if he wanted to get me. So I walked back and I wasn't afraid. It felt good. So I walked up there and I, uh, I uh, walked up on the grave mound again and we had a conversation. There was mostly a him talking me listen deal, but uh, he told me some things that I should consider doing. If I wanted to, it uh, would be good for both me and mankind and everybody that, 
but he i remember also the last thing and uh, these light beings they also have a little sense of humor because i remember the last thing he said don't screw it up <laughs> he said this to you wait, wait what is his voice like it was in my head uh it was just all in my head i could feel it was my i could feel the vibration in the head it was a, a solid thick male voice and uh he talked about uh things that i should do one of the things I should do, he says, that will, you develop it right, find a way where you can speak to the whole world at the same time. And I got to think about that after I got the TV show in Tucson in uh, 2000. I'm doing that now. And now again, I'm doing that. Yeah. Got radio shows and... Yeah, I mean, everybody should definitely check out. We're, we're going to put the link to your book. We're also going to put the link to broadcastteamalpha.com where you and hypnotherapist Nori Love are regularly doing a radio show. Uh, yeah, I, I, it's amazing the amount of stuff that you've done. Tell me this. I, I'm not even sure, you know, you explained the thoughts when did your understanding about the universe come in? You mentioned download. Do you remember that moment where this entire understanding of consciousness and quantum physics and all this stuff came to you? That uh, I was that was about five years ago now. I was sitting in meditation and I could feel this light or see this light coming in from the periphery, uh, you know, off the side, and light sparks coming in from it got stronger and stronger towards the middle where. The, after a while, it was just all white behind closed eyelids. <clears throat> and I didn't need to open my eyes. Uh, it, it was close. I'd never, I don't think I ever opened the eyes. I just was so closed. And then I could see images started coming out of the light that was it kind of like a pool. And I could see things in the pool. I could see things flashing back and forth. And there could be conceptual ideas that was uh, visualized, inventions. I haven't had a lot of those. And uh, things of people, past that happened, and uh, things that appeared that it would be sometime in the future or definitely would be in the future. And all these things were floating by. And it was very fast, but I could understand them. And uh, when there was something that I was really interested in, then I concentrate on that particular thing and it just jumped out. So I had a bigger picture of it and then it disappeared back into the soup again. And this probably lasted about five seconds and then it started fading. But afterwards, I noticed that what I had was still in my mind because it bypassed the conscious mind, went into long-term memory, and I could go back and I could retrieve memories from it about certain things that I was interested in, and it popped out, and I could understand it. And the, this is uh, this is something not special for me. There are other people that have had this. Nikola Tesla talked about it, and he said in one interview that uh, he got electrical shocked. 
he said, I could see the past, present and the future at the same time. That is exactly what I, what I happened to me. And there are other people that are artists that have had this. There are scientists, there are um, theoretical physicists have it once in a while. It, it helps them with equations to work out that. So it is something that you can, if you're open to it being possible, then you can make it happen. I was going to say, you already had quite a career before this. I mean, five years ago, Augie, you were, you were, you already had a TV show and you were uh, doing radio and all sorts of stuff. What's the difference between where you were then, where you were already exploring similar topics, and then when this download occurred? I think that was kind of the... Uh... I had a pretty good idea before, but uh, after the download, then I had presumably, of course, that what I saw in the download was accurate. Then I had the confirmation of some of the things that what the universe was like, what the different things was like. And uh, yeah, more like a, a confirmation of things for me especially when it comes to the inventions. That was uh, some of them. Uh, I, I got a lot of it written down and drawn out and stuff. And, uh, you know, free energy devices and things like that. There's a whole, there's a whole bunch of them. Some Do, of them have you, also, have you created a time machine? No, no, no. But free I, energy, free energy. That's the Nikola Tesla thing. The, oh, they, they got his papers. He, he died. They killed him and they took his papers and all that. I mean, that's what people say. Uh, are you, what do you think about that whole Nikola Tesla? Well, I, I do have a, um, an insurance policy. And that is that if anything happens to me, these drawings is placed in the hands of someone that will release it to the world. And I, um, I don't think the world is ready for it yet. In a few months, I think it will be. This is the same few months where Donald Trump is going to be back in the White House. Uh, I would presume so. What is this? <laughs> this is a huge moment. I mean, look, I and everybody definitely check out Aki's book. Uh, check out Broadcast uh, Alpha or Broadcast Team Alpha dot com uh but another also... thing another thing too is that uh, go to patreon.com and then see, uh, search out the mastermind connection then if you want to check that out send us an email it's it's explained in there how to contact us and you could be become part of a mastermind where we create some things that we do incredible things in there. So uh, this is something that maybe you want to check out. It's at um, the mastermind connection at gmail.com. That's the, the email. I Send us an email and we will uh, send you information and a link to come in and check it out. Are you creating what's going to happen in a few months or is what's going to happen in a few months inevitable? We, you remember before the election, every, everybody and their dog out, they would say, oh, there's going to be so much mayhem and problems at the election. Yeah. No, it wasn't. We kept programming on a peaceful election. And we got it. Hmm. 
And I, I don't know, you know, we can't take credit for all that, but it did happen in our timeline. So now we've been programming on the future also. And I am not one second questioning that what we have been programming on will happen. Is there a, you know, before Trump got elected during the, the when the pandemic started, people started talking about this is the moment of the Great Awakening, the yeah. fifth dimension, uh, all of us moving, all of us evolving. Is it related to this? What is this? grand future event you speak of that can you give us any more details about it um the grand future event uh, i think depends on which level you are talking about on the on the governmental level uh, what what we are programming on and what i've seen trump will be back in the white house and that will prevent the United States from becoming a communist state. So I'm all good with that. And uh, besides that, there will be not too long and uh, the alien presence will be totally revealed to people. And free energy is coming too. Uh, it's coming, but it's coming slowly because, you know, and I'm good with that too, because uh, it's coming through, through batteries first and then uh, it's going to be uh, solar solar panels will eventually go away. There's not going to be no need for them. Now, look, before we wrap all this, this has been, Augie, this has been mind-blowing. And again, I, I'm going to do more research into your stuff and then have to do a follow-up with you uh, because this is just so fascinating, all this stuff. What do you think of Elon Musk's role in this? He's on the head when it comes to batteries. He is developing a battery now. Actually, it's developed already. It's going to drive from California to New York and back again on one charge. Yeah, he also is someone that has publicly said, probabilistically, we're living in a simulation. He's, <laughs> uh, he's developing the Neuralink, which is creating the Matrix, uh, the ability to plug your brain into some sort of mass conscious computer. And also he's launching his own rockets into space. My thought is that he's probably uh, maybe even has communicated with people from or, or creatures from other planets, if we could call them creatures, don't want to offend them. Uh, is, is he pivotal in all this or is he a distraction? Uh, he temporarily important but <laughs> yeah i don't think he's going to be the um, pivotal person in the future he will probably be replaced oh uh, who's, re who's replacing I, him do you know i don't that's um this is a very tricky arena to go into <laughs> wait a minute you know you know answer is it trump no, no, there is uh, <clears throat> there's other sciences that is coming on that is mind based. And uh, after that, we have the alien presence. In fact, aliens are here right now. They look just like us, many of them, and they walk down the street and you'll never know it. So these people 
In fact, try it sometimes when you go down the street. Reach out to them. See if you get any strange thoughts coming back. When you say reach out, are you, how would someone put this into practice? Uh, if you see somebody that is over seven foot tall, stare at the back of their neck. <laughs> You're telling Tell me. I see, I see you. I see you. Are there seven foot tall people walking down the street? Oh, yeah. Most of them think, oh, he's a basketball player, you know? <laughs> wow. But maybe he's not. Interesting. Once in a rare occasion, you see somebody at that height. Yeah, no, of course, of course. Yeah. This is uh, very... <laughs> that Well, that's a whole nother mind-blowing thing to bring into this. When uh, it comes to the alien part of it, that's uh, hidden away in another show, I think. Gosh, we've been two hours here so <laughs> yeah no i mean really I, I i you've been very generous with your time uh i, I think i hope we haven't wore people out <laughs> <laughs> no i love it where we've been putting people through the metaphysical mind-bending ringer uh and i mean augie this is if you want more of this again uh broadcast team alpha dot com uh augie a-a-g-e dash nust n-o-s-t dot com and check out the patreon mastermind connection uh check out his book i uh, and, and, and are, are there other places people can check you out uh there is a um a video documentary out that is called aliens and agenda 21 you may want to check that one out. That is explaining also uh, I, when we did that one, I sat in a chair talking for five hours and they took two hours of that and created the uh, documentary out of it. It explains exactly the aliens and their agenda and also the human agenda by reducing the population of Earth to 800 million people by the end of this year. Oh, gosh, that is a dire note to leave people on. Wait a minute. Okay, before we wrap up, <laughs> are the Clintons reptilians? Are they reptilians? Um, I don't know. That's, uh, you know, we all have reptilian DNA in us. I think they're calling it reptilian, but there's one way you can see things like that, and that is the shape of the skull. And if you have an elongated skull like Prince Charles in England, he has Anunnaki genetics in him. And that's what we call reptilian. Oh, my gosh. So everybody look for the long skulls. Look for the long people. And uh, look for the, the guy that, you know, the guy who's lifting more than you at the gym. Could be yeah. Augie. <laughs> <laughs> could be Augie. I mean, you know, with all the supplements you're taking, uh, you know, who knows? Uh, wow. This has been very mind blowing. Augie, thank you again for coming on the show. It was fun. Awesome. Augie Nust, ladies and gentlemen, great guy going to be a fellow MC at Forgery Unmasked presented by Watchers Talk coming this weekend March 27th through the 29th
Thank you all for listening. I'm Greg Bornstein. How about that for an open loop? Think about it. Talk soon.